Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. And so I want you to join me, if you will, in the book of Mark, chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple of verses and um, I've, I've got some verses I really think I'm going to wind up reading that I didn't give our media team before church. I apologize for that, but I just felt the more the service has gone, then I need to share some of this. And um, the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm uh, also happy to have Brother Newbern with us today. Amen. Amen. God bless him. We love and appreciate him. And and um, thankful that he's with us this morning. The book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 1 and he began talking about Jesus. He began to teach by the sea, the, by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And then verse two, the Bible says, and he taught them many things in parables and he said unto them in his doctrine. And the, of course, the scripture goes on. But I just want to end there and we'll pick that back up in just a moment. Amen. God bless you and you can be seated. The book of Matthew, in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 11 of verse 15, Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It was a very direct command. This was not a suggestion by any stretch of the imagination. But then when we get to the writing of Luke in Luke 18 and 8, Jesus again says something about this hearing. And, he's, and he has this word of caution. And this word of caution in the King James Bible, the language says, take heed therefore how ye hear. So, it, so Jesus, Matthew records him saying that if you have an ear to hear, you need to hear. Luke records him adding to that, take heed how you hear. And so this morning, I want to just use that as a subject. I want to talk today about be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. So as we look at our text, we find Jesus up to this time, up to this moment, has been teaching openly to his disciples. It's a lecturer student setting and he is just pouring his heart into them. And uh, Jesus with is, uh, I'm not suggesting not being kind in his teaching, but he is being straightforward. There is a mission and he is leaving that mission as a commission in their heart, a commission. He is commissioning them and so he is sparing no words. He is driving deep into their heart, their minds, and their spirit the point of his death, burial, and resurrection. But then, without warning, we see that Jesus just shifts his tactics of teaching. 
And instead of declaring the truth in plain language, Jesus begins to teach and to preach in parables. Now, in order to fully understand why Jesus began to teach in parables, I think that we not only have to consider the writings of Mark or Mark's account, but we also have to consider the parallel scriptures that coincide with Mark, and that would be Matthew and Luke. And so for the sake of time, I'm not going to just read all of this word for word. I'm going to paraphrase at least some of these scriptures. But, but this shift in teaching pattern did not go unnoticed by his disciples. They caught on that all of a sudden the same man is before us. The same voice is before us. But there is a method change and a shift. And so the Bible says the disciples came and asked him, he said, why? Are you speaking in parables? And if you weren't here in our first service, Brother Osborne was talking about these parables that the Lord used, there's illustrations. And, uh, and so he said to them, he said to you, to those who are asking the questions, he said to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, I think it's important to notice this line he draws, to you, it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, but whosoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. These are, this is a very serious conversation. I want you to know that this is not tea and, and crumpets talk right here. We're, we're, this is serious. Why the shift? Why the change? And he said, I'm changing because you have the revelation, but they don't have the revelation. Therefore, he said, I will speak to them in parables because, and he explains it. He says, while seeing, they do not see. While hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And so in their case, we can see that the prophecy of Isaiah is coming to fruition. Isaiah 6 and 9 Isaiah 6 and 9 simply says this, Go and tell his, this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. And so I'm not trying to make the service or sermon longer, but I just think it's so important, I feel in my heart, to remind us of what Isaiah 6 is all about. I think we need to get this in our mind, the setting of it. Isaiah 6 is an incredible passage of Scripture and here we uh, have often referred to the sixth chapter of Isaiah in the, in the year that King Uzziah died. Amen. We, we, we know that part. The Lord, I, I beheld the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up. The scripture says his train filled the temple. This powerful moment. And we just watched the crescendo of this passage of scripture. And as you read it, it's hard for you not to get on board with what Isaiah is saying. I saw him high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and above it stood the seraphims. Each had six wings and twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And the Bible says that of these seraphims, one cried to another and said, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door, the Bible says, moved at the voice of him that cried. This is an incredible spiritual moment. Amen. 
And they cried. The post moved and, and the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah, this is again portions that we quote. Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then the Bible talks about one of those seraphims that flew and, and, uh, and touched his lips. And, and some incredible things happened. Touched his lips. And he said, thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin has been purged. And then Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Amen. Now Isaiah is caught up in this moment. You would have to be almost dead to not be caught up in this moment. If we were to just sort of plant ourselves in this scenario, the house of God is filled with the power and the presence of, the holy, of that Holy One. And we're standing there and a seraphim were to fly. Somehow an angel were to come down, Brother Trail, and touch our lips and say, your sins have been purged. And then the Lord said, I'm just looking for somebody. I'm just looking for a voice. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Well, here's Isaiah front and center. Here am I, send me. I mean, I'm caught up in this moment. I'll go. And so this is the very first message that the Lord gives Isaiah to preach. And I'm going to tell you that it had to be a pretty anticlimactic moment because Isaiah probably gets to think he is going to, this is his first tent meeting. I mean, this is his first revival. He's got the awning out on his 40-foot fifth wheel for the very first time. I mean, things are looking up. Things are looking up. And the Lord said to Isaiah, he said, go tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And ye see indeed, but perceive not. And then the Lord said to Isaiah, Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and convert and be healed. Wow. I've had a few messages that the Lord gave me that I didn't want to preach, but I don't think any of them have quite had that much acid on them. He said, go tell this people. The Lord didn't give Isaiah a lot of encouragement because he said, Isaiah, I'm going to use you and here's what your ministry is going to do. It's going to make eyes more blind and it's going to make ears more deaf and it's going to heart, cause hearts to even become more callous. But I want to make something perfectly clear here that God was not deliberately making sinners blind or sinners deaf or he was not hardening their heart. Amen. However, it, the difficult truth that we've got to understand is this, and this is the sober moment of this message, that the more people resist the truth of God's word, the, the, the less able they're going to be to receive God's word. Amen. You can't just sit around and hear God's word and say, I'll take that or leave it, and think we're just going to walk away and everything's going to be okay. I've said this different ways through the years, but Every church service is going to change us. It's going to make us incrementally closer to God, more susceptible and pliable to the Lord, or it will incrementally make us colder and more indifferent to the word of God. Amen. Isaiah, and I believe that all ministers should proclaim the word of God with everything we have, no matter how people respond. Our responsibility is to not get a response and measure the validity of the word or the service by the response. The test of the ministry is not outward success, but the test of the ministry is faithfulness to God. 
Amen. I believe that there are times we just got to close the Bible, not with arrogance, not with a pompous spirit or attitude, but we've just got to preach the word of the Lord. And I've got to close that Bible and have confidence that I did everything God asked me to do. I can't measure how much happens right here and let that be the barometer of how well it went or did not go. I've just got to stand in faithfulness. If we continue to read that chapter, and I won't, but if we continue to read that chapter, God told Isaiah that it's going to seem, it's going to seem like your ministry is not all that great because the land is going to be ruined and the people are going to be taken into exile. However, the Lord did not leave Isaiah in that dismal frame of mind. He said there is going to be a remnant. And you read about that remnant. I believe it's in the in the 13th verse. He talks about that tenth. There's going to be a remnant. And so the word, amen, that Isaiah had received was this. And the mindset he had to have is this and now I want to share this with you today that ministry and I'm not just talking about pulpit ministry but ministry is a long range perspective you can't plant a seed in the ground and think well I'm going to be eating that tonight for dinner no 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 you got to it's a long term investment you got to plant the seed otherwise he would have felt like he had not accomplished anything and so if we look back at our text his disciples were questioning him why? Why are you teaching in parables? Well, one of those reasons would be for the cause of revelation. The first thing that we need to see is that principle of revelation. The purpose for which Jesus taught was to impart revelatory things into their spirit. The revelation of who he is. The revelation of his, of his redemptive purpose. The Bible says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 11. He said unto them, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So verse 11 speaks about two classes of people. And I know even just that statement is almost offensive in the society that we live in. But just stay with me. He was talking about two demographics of people. In one group, you're going to see uh, the, the disciples. He said, you already know the secrets. or You've already had revealed to you the secret of the kingdom. This is one segment. And we're going to see in a moment why the Lord differentiated here. But there was also this second group. Amen. The Bible talks about they could only only be taught in parables because Jesus was not going to reveal the secrets of the kingdom to them openly, but they would have to see them. They would have to hear them through this veil of parabolic teaching. The reason, the reason for this is not because the Lord has all of a sudden run out of grace. The reason for this was not because the Lord said, well, we're just going to start playing hardball from this point forward. But the reason for the, 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 the shift in his ministry and his teaching tactics was because their hearts had grown cold and their hearts had grown indifferent. In verse number 12, we get a glimpse. It's, it's just a small glimpse of that reason. It's, it's just a small look because we look into a fuller account in Matthew for a complete view. But in Mark 4 and 12, he said that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Now Matthew says it was because of the hardness of their heart. Amen. This was the fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied. And this was the fulfillment of what Isaiah was talking about. They're going to have ears to hear and not be able, eyes to see and not see. They're going to have ears 
ears to hear and not hear. And so we see the fulfillment of that. In their case, the, the prophecy of Isaiah, he said, you're gonna keep on hearing, but you're not gonna understand. You're gonna keep on seeing, but you're not gonna perceive. For the hearing of this people has become dull. And with their ears, they scarcely hear what is being said. Why? Because they have closed their eyes. Lest they should see with their eyes. They close their eyes. The Lord didn't close their eyes. I think that's what you got to understand. The Lord didn't blind them. The Lord didn't make them deaf. They closed their eyes. They closed their ears. Amen. They closed their eyes because they didn't want to see it. And they stopped up their ears because they didn't want to hear it. And they clogged up their heart. They guarded their heart. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Because they did not want to get it. They did not want to understand. Amen. I will tell you that we cannot come into the house of God and fold our arms and say well I'll decide today whether or not I receive the word. I decide today whether or not I'm going to take this word home. No. Amen. I don't want to say Lord I'll decide if I see because he might allow me to close my eyes. I'll decide what I hear because the Lord may allow me to close my ears. You see they didn't really want to hear the truth about something because if you hear the truth about something you're going to have to do something about it. Amen. Amen. I remember some years ago was a friend of mine and I were talking, we were talking about some law that had changed. He said, well, I wasn't aware of that. And so in a, in a, just a moment of jest, he kind of put his fingers in his ears and he said, I'm not going to receive that. I'm not going to receive that. I said, well, whether you hear me or not, whether you hear me or not is going to be really irrelevant because they have changed the law and you can no longer do it this way. You got to do it that way. Amen. I didn't make the decision. You just go ahead and play deaf if you want to play blind if you want to close your heart if you want to and there are people that treat God the same way the preacher preaches well I don't know if I want to receive that amen something the word and the word gets a hold of their heart and they say I don't know if I want to receive that but here's the danger you keep closing your eyes to it and you'll get blind to it you keep closing your ears to it and you'll get deaf to it you keep rejecting the feeling and the pull and the draw of God and you'll lose the pull and the draw of God it's amazing that someone would not want to be, King James calls it healed, but the word is forgiven. It's amazing that somebody wouldn't want to be forgiven. But in fact, many do not. It's not that they like to remain in their sins, but they just don't want to obey the voice of God. They just don't want to do what's in the Bible. They want to just do their own thing, walk their own way and serve themselves. And therefore, their heart grows more and more cold and indifferent toward the word of God. And that was what is happening in the heart of the people at the center of this story today. Their hearts were not open to the truth of God's word. And so Jesus could not reveal it to them plainly because they wouldn't receive the plain word of God. And that's one of the reasons he called them. And incidentally, that is what separates apart those who do not go on with the Lord or who do go forward with God and those that do not. And so Jesus shifted his, his method of teaching. He changed from one where he spoke, spoke plainly to some, but to others he just had to talk in parables. He did this. Amen, both to reveal the truth to those whose hearts were open, but it was also to hide the truth from those that were unwilling 
to hear him. Now, I know that sounds, uh, I know that sounds crass, and I know that sounds uh, counter, kind of counterintuitive to what we talk about in grace, but we got to listen to what we heard this morning, that grace is a space. Grace is an opportunity. Grace is a doorway. Hallelujah. And the Bible even uses that terminology, a space of grace. But I will tell you this morning, I, I don't want to just keep rejecting the word of God because if I just keep turning the Lord away, one of the day, one of these days, He's going to accept my rejection. Amen. We see the revelation that Jesus desired to impart, and then, and then this resistance to that revelation on the part of those whose hearts were hard. But let's look at the principle principle of being receptive to the Spirit of God receptive to the revelation of God because only those who are open to hear can hear. You have to be open to hear. And that's the truth that we have to understand. Matthew 13 and 12. This is a frightening passage if you ask me. The Bible says, For whosoever hath to him it shall be given and he shall have more abundance. We love that. If we could just stop reading right there, but he goes on to say, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. I want to tell you that I know people, personally know people that have seen the revelation of baptism. They have seen the revelation of the Godhead. They've seen the revelation of a lot of things, a lot of things. Amen. But then they get somewhere in their walk with God and there's just one pill they can't swallow. There's just something, I can't climb that hill. I'm unwilling to climb that hill. I'm unwilling to go there. We might think in our mind, it's kind of like learning two plus two equals four and that once you have some revelation, some knowledge, that you always have that knowledge. But I submit to you, according to the word of God, that there are some things we can get from the Lord, but if we don't continue in them, the Lord can just reach back and take that away amen and we can be as blind or even more so as we were before this whole thing started I, I don't know if I'll ever preach a more serious message behind this pulpit or any other today amen I'm preaching about being careful how you hear be careful don't come to church and think well I, I just got to get this behind me I'm going to I'm going to grade this sermon on a scale of one to ten I'm going to grade its presentation on, no 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 Lord if you've got something for me today give me ear ears to hear and give me eyes to see and give me a heart to receive it. Give me a heart to receive it. Amen. You may have heard it this way. We will only receive new light as we walk in the light we already have. Some people are out trying to find more and more and more revelation and what I'm trying to tell you is just walk in what you know. If you'll walk in what you know, that light will get brighter and the path will get brighter and your mind will become more and more clear. The revelation of the word of God is reserved for those who come to him and keep coming to him and trust him and keep trusting him. We've got to be willing to receive everything he has to offer us. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. And the measure of the truth that we get, hear me now, the measure of the truth that we get is the truth we walk in. Because it's only as we walk in what we know that we get more. We've got to do what we know to do. But I've watched people get paralyzed in their walk with God. 
because they look across the way and they think, I don't know if I could ever do. They're looking at somebody that's been living for God for years. And they're thinking, I don't know if I could ever do that. And the enemy says, you can never become that. And they stop walking in the light they have. And that's why they get no more light. Because you've got to walk in what God, you've got to exercise the gift that God has given you. I've got to stand in what God has given me. Amen. This past Friday night, my wife and I were at a wedding and we saw one of her aunts that we haven't seen in a long, long time and, and she took us way back down memory lane. She said, oh, she put her arm around my wife and she was standing there talking. She said, I was talking to me and she said, I just remember some of those first messages that you preached. I said, and I've spent a lifetime trying to forget them. <laughs> I've spent 40 years trying to forget some of those first some of those first messages and I just thank God for people that were patient and charity that hides a multitude of sin. Amen. I'm so thankful. But it's the law of use. The only way you can get better is just to keep getting up and do it again and do it again and, and do it again and do it again because you got to keep walking. You got to make room for somebody to make a mistake. You got to leave a little wiggle room. Amen. You got to leave a little room around us. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that our young people on Wednesday night from time to time, amen, are singing and they're helping, amen, they're giving their all. I'm gonna make room there. You know why? Because it's only as you exercise that gift, you gotta exercise it. You gotta press against it. It's called the law of use, amen. It's called the law of use. You've gotta use it or lose it, amen. Praise God. Let's look at this context if we can, Mark 4 and 21. He said, Jesus said unto them, he said, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not set on a candlestick? These are absurd questions in some degree. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was there anything kept secret but that it should come abroad. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, he said, take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And, he, and, and, and unto you that here shall more be given. Amen. That's a wonderful passage, but that doesn't end there. But verse 25 says, For he that hath to him, it shall be given. And he that hath not, I want you to understand this, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. This passage is talking about hearing the truth and, and what we do with it after we've heard the truth. And Jesus is saying that he's not come to hide the truth. I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying, that the Lord said, well, I'm going to hide this so you can't find it. No, that's not what he's talking about. He said, I'm not going to hide the truth. I'm going to reveal the truth. But here is the condition of that revelation. You're going to have to come with ears to hear and you're going to have to come with eyes to see and you're going to need to come with a heart to receive. And it is the enemy's place to cause all kind of chaos before we come to the house of God. Amen, it is his pleasure to cause all kind of things. I'm gonna tell you, there have been people, more people that have argued on the way to church. Amen, they don't even argue as a rule. They don't even really, that's not their deal. But the enemy will try to stir something up, cause some sort of distraction because he don't want you to have ears to hear. He don't want you to have eyes to see. He wants your heart to be clocked up with something else. Amen, God has gotta have a receptive heart if he's going to work on it. But even when we hear, even when we hear, here's the caveat, we've got to do something with it. You've got to do something with it. 
So how you hear and what you do with it is going to determine what you receive. And again, it's the law of use. In order for us to keep losing the light, keep from losing the light, we've got to walk in the light. But the word of God itself will become an offense to us if we don't obey it. People that love the Lord and people that love the word of God, hear me, I'm not in the offending business on purpose, but people that love the word of God, you can't offend them. I'm, I'm serious. You couldn't preach it straight enough to offend them. They're gonna be on their feet. Amen, they're gonna shake your hand when the service is over and say, man, oh man, oh man, you got all over me today. My toes are bleeding. You got all over me. I'm not in the offending business. I'm not in the business to try to step on everybody's toes. That's not my agenda when I come to the house of God. That's people that love the Lord and love his word. But people that don't love the word, you can't help but offend them. There's nothing you could say. There is no, you couldn't lower the line down low enough that it won't somehow become a stumbling block. The Bible says they stumble at the word being disobedient. God has built these principles into the kingdom. And in verse, in, in Luke chapter eight and verse number 18, hear this scripture. The Bible says, take heed therefore how you hear for whosoever hath to him it shall be given and who hath not, whosoever hath not, I want you to watch this real carefully, the last portion of this verse. From him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Wow. Wow. Even that which he seems to have. He's going to lose what he just thinks he has. And the reason is they don't really possess it. And the reason they don't really possess it is because they don't practice it. Because knowledge is not enough. There's a lot of people who know what to do. Knowledge is not ever going to be enough. You've got to practice this. The principle of receptivity says unless we are open and receptive to hear and do the word, then we're not even ever going to hear it. And we're going to lose that that we think we have because hearing is not a function of our physical senses. It is a function of our intellect. Rather, it, and, and, or it, and, nor is it a function of our intellect, rather. It is a function of the condition of our heart. Listening doesn't come here. Listening starts right here. And so if our heart is toward God and if our will is surrendered to him, then we're going to hear the word of God. And here's what I'm trying to say, I suppose, in a nutshell, is that God's truth is not something you can, you can intellectually discern. Amen. We can't come to church and just say, sit down, teach me about God. No. This is a relationship. It's like saying somebody sit down and teach me about being married. Well, there's things we can talk about God and there's things we can talk about our relationship with the Lord and there's certainly principles we could talk about in marriage. One of them is never embarrass your companion in front of people. That's just never do that under any circumstances. <laughs> Am I digging out? And uh, <laughs> under any circumstances. But you can't teach somebody those principles. Your heart's got to be in it. Our mind, our spirit has got to be in it. Amen. Their hearts were open toward God. Many of the religious leaders were not privy to the revelation, and here's why. It's because their hearts were hard. But what about the masses of people that were just simply confused? I have an answer for that. Jesus changed his method of teaching so that they may come to the truth because he didn't want any to perish. He didn't want to hide the truth 
Amen. So he said, I'm going to use some word pictures so that you will not be deprived of this truth. Amen. He wanted them to see the truth more clearly. And so Jesus taught through parables because this method was motivated by mercy. Now, remember, remember this, that the crowd at large had been rejecting the plain message because it was just too straightforward. Their hearts would not allow them to see it, so Jesus gave them a, a new way to see it. It was a way that was easy to remember, and that's why it's called a parable. I mean, we remember many parables in Scripture. It's a word picture, and some say a picture is worth a thousand words, so this is word picture teaching. Jesus stimulated their curiosity to discover the meaning of the parable. He, so he starts this absurd thing. Would you light a candle and stick it under a bed? Or would you light a candle and stick it under a bushel? Or would you light a candle and set it on a pedestal? He just gives them these word pictures. He stimulated their curiosity. He was, when, when Jesus was teaching openly, remember this, when he was teaching as a teacher to the student, the scribes and the Pharisees and other religious elders of that day were picking at the plain meaning of the words and they kept trying to trap him in error. They, we're gonna get him, we're gonna set him up with this. But now he said, I'm gonna shift. Amen, I've given them an opportunity and they've closed their eyes. I've given them an opportunity and they've closed their ears. I've given them an opportunity and all they wanna do is debate the passage of scripture. Amen, but he said, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, through this method of teaching, I'm gonna reveal to them and if their heart is open, if their mind is open, if their eyes are open, they're going to be able to see the truth of my word. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you today that we've got to be careful how we hear. we got to be careful. That's our subject today. i got to be careful because hearing is a function of our inner attitude toward God. I just want to hear. I want to hear what the Lord would say. Amen. Secondly, what we do with what we have will determine what we get from God. Because the law of use wasn't just for then. The law of use is for now as well. And so if we want more of God, then we have to give more of ourselves to him. Amen. I don't believe we, I'm thankful that we have the habit and we promote this as a church and, and, uh, and, and, and practice it as a church and in our home to read through the Bible every year. But you know what? You know, that, that could become almost an assignment. And so I don't want the word of God to be an assignment. I want to get in this book because it's his word. And I just want to visit some of these precepts. I just want to visit some of these, these scriptures and let them come to, to light in my own life. Give myself to that. Amen. I'll ask our musicians if they will, if they will please come. Amen. I want, to, I want my heart to be open to do his will because he's not only going to reveal it to us, but hear me now. He will give us the strength to carry it out. I mentioned it a moment ago, Isaiah has this incredible spiritual experience. The house is filled. The door, the post, tremble. Isaiah sees the righteousness of God and it reveals his woeful unrighteousness. And he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a man undone. The angels come and they touch his lips and they say, your sins are forgiven, your heart is right. And he hears the word of God, the word 
of God said, I need somebody that will go. And Isaiah says, I'll go. And so the Lord gives him a tough assignment. He said, I want you to preach so their ears are full. And I want you to preach so their eyes are blind. And I want you to preach so their heart is stopped. Isaiah, you're, you're, you're stepping on to the scene when my people are about to be taken into captivity and the land's going to be barren. And this, wasn't, this was tough marching orders. But Isaiah, I'm going to save a remnant. It's going to be like a tree that was cut off and just a stump that was left. It looks dismal, but you just leave it alone. And life's going to come back out of this remnant. And it will be restored. And so Isaiah just began to preach what the Lord had laid on his heart. Amen. The Bible says this, give and it shall be given unto you. I know we most often keep that in the context of literal financial giving. And I believe that is true. I, under, I don't believe that is true. I know that is true. And many, many here, if not most, if not all of you have practiced that enough to prove the Lord. But it doesn't just work with your wallet. It works with your mind and your heart. Give the Lord something. And he'll give something to you. You want to see more of the word of God? Walk in what you know to do. But you see, when people start turning around from what they know, here's the danger. In your mind, you think you're just going to stay right there. And what you have will just be sitting here on this desk waiting for you when you return. But you're running some risky and playing some risky business there. Because you can lose what you think you have. And when you get back to pick that up, it may not be there. Because your eyes, well, preacher, this is pretty straight. Yes, it is. Because your eyes have grown dim. And your ears have grown dim. And your heart is no longer receptive. So the people that think, well, I'm just going to go do what I want to do. And the church will always be there. They'll be there and they'll be open for business because they've been doing this 80-something years. Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday. Yeah, that's true. But that don't mean your heart's going to be in the right place. This is serious business. We're talking about eternity here. Eternity here. Amen. God, help us. Amen. That we have soft hearts and open ears. And open eyes. Be careful. Be careful how you hear. I want to receive the word of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand. I, I know I've said this a lot in the last several weeks. It's not because I'm running out of things to say. But I just want to say it again. That no matter what the setting is. So I'm just going to use some some extremes here, okay, just to make a point, just to make a point. But we have all manner of um, service layouts, I would say, maybe in a calendar year. We have, obviously, our, our weekly schedule. It's what we're doing today. There are times we have guest speakers that are here maybe evangelist or a missionary. Other times we may have a revival service or a series of services. 
where there's a lot of formal things that are going on. Singing and praise and prayer and worship. And then there are other times, special occasions, different things that we may do something a little bit different. And we may have what was mentioned earlier in our service coming up in the month of November, a service where we will just meet in the dining hall and somebody will give a devotion and uh, we'll have some fellowship together. Please, please don't think that we went from a grade A service on a Sunday with a guest speaker or an evangelist or a missionary down a few notches because we're just having somebody do a devotion in a different setting, in a different service. (laughs) It's the Word of God. Amen. For many years, I've been a part of boards and meetings, and most of those meetings start with prayer and somebody giving a devotion. And I'm going to tell you that my life has been rocked in some of those simple settings where somebody said, I want to just take about five minutes and just share something that the Lord has laid on my heart. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My heart was touched and my soul and spirit was challenged. I want to come in with eyes to see and ears to hear, no matter what the setting is, no matter who the speaker is, no matter what's going on. I want to hear the word of God and I want to entertain his presence. Amen. Let's do just that right now as we close our service today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.